Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another Strictly Stripes podcast pre-draft look-ahead edition. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gilson, and Mike Nizek back here with you as we continue breaking down and evaluating uh, the Bengals' biggest uh, positional needs with just over two and a half to three weeks left before the NFL draft. Uh, if you tuned in yesterday being Monday, we talked about tight end, uh, the best fits for the Bengals at tight end, where they could uh, go mid-round with that. And so naturally we're going to shift over uh, from tight end to right tackle, which I think is another big area of need for the Bengals, uh, regardless of what happens with Jonah Williams, which talk a little bit about um, towards the end of the show. Uh, but like we did yesterday, guys, uh, I want to ask you, you know, when you look at right tackle, you know, who are the biggest names or a big name that sticks out to you? When do you think the Bengals should pursue a B or C person? Why is that the case? And we'll kind of discuss that. So Andrew, Mike, either one of you guys want to go first, ask to who you would want to take at right tackle. When do you want to take them and what the justification would be? Mike, you go first. I went first with tight ends yesterday. Well, I mean, I think obviously depends what happens with um, Jonah Williams. Um, like I said, I think yesterday, um, you know, if they hold on to him, I don't think that you take a tight end in the first round. I think you've seen a lot of the first-round projections uh, have them kind of in the Antoine Harrison out of Oklahoma, Dwan Jones out of Ohio State if they – uh, were to take a first-round tight end, um, but I don't think that's the route they should go to, especially uh, if you're holding on to Jonah Williams. If they trade him, those guys are probably what you're going to end up with if you go that route. Uh, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee seems to be kind of going a little bit uh, out of their range. Um, you know, for me, I, I think they should get, draft a guy that they could um, work with a little bit, um, you know, more of a uh, project because they can, you know, wait a year. Uh, to help help him uh, see see the field, um, so for me that's Blake Blake Freeland out of BYU, uh, a mammoth guy, six foot eight, three hundred two pounds. Uh, um, you know, ridiculous kind of athleticism. Uh, two year starter, played both right and left tackle for them. Uh, started at left tackle the last two years. Um, you know, a guy that could I, I think uh, really you know once he unlocks kind of the tech technique part, um, be a good guy for kind of solving that edge rusher problem the uh, Bengals have had in recent years. Um, he's kind of around the third-round projection. So, I mean, around there I think would be good value uh, for the Bengals to take him, you know, third or fourth or one of those compensatory picks. Uh, if he's available, um, you know, has all the athletic traits, uh, you know, 
wild at the combine. I think he set a record uh, for his uh, vertical jump, uh, had a uh, under five second 40 yard dash. Um, so, you know, I like drafting a project um, with sort of those high end athletic skills that um, you really could, you know, really has a high ceiling, uh, especially with the right type of coaching, which I think the Bengals feel that's real quick. So you mentioned Blake Freeland, and it's actually funny because I had him as one of several guys on my list, but you're saying if the Bengals get him, they should do it in the third round. Is that what you were saying? Just so I heard you clearly. I mean, I think the projections for him yeah. are on the third round. So round third, three or four, if you can get them, um, you know, I know they have probably two compensatory picks, I think, around there. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, what you'd have to use to get him, but that would be kind of my, um, you know, projection, you know, for where they would, um, you know, get the best value for taking a okay. tackle. Definitely interesting. I want to get to that later. But, Andrew, who who do you have in mind? Yeah, you know, I, I like Mike said, I, th- I think a lot of this depends on what's going to happen with Jonah Williams. Um, you yeah. know, if Jonah Williams is around, um, then obviously this needs – I mean, you could make a case of, if Jonah Williams gets moved, this is the most pressing need on the team. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a pretty unique situation. But uh, e- either way, I, I still really like DeWan Jones, uh, the tackle out of Ohio State. Uh, he'd probably have to be your first-round pick if, if you want to take him. Um, you know, maybe you can uh, kind of, like I said, with Mayer, I think you might be able to move back with, with Jones and, and, and take him there. But I mean, you're talking about a guy, he's six foot eight, 374 pounds. Like he's a huge, huge player. Um, and that obviously would kind of, I mean, you have two six foot eight guys on uh, the left and right side of your offensive line at tackle. You've got a six foot seven guy at left guard, Cordell Volson, six foot six, Alex Kappa. Like you, you, you'd have some length there. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when it comes to one player, you know, it can, it can help. And, and especially when you have, you know, Orlando Brown and Cordell Volson next to each other, that matters. But when you start to load up these guys kind of across the board, you know, not only do you have some, you know, some, some unique attributes, you have a unique attribute for your entire offensive line and that, you know, those guys' arms are long and those guys are long and they're really, really difficult to get around. So, you know, you're talking about a player who he played right tackle at Ohio State. Uh, that is kind of the position that you would see him at because if, you know, if Orlando Brown is going to be what you want him to be, he's going to be at left tackle. If you pick Dewan Jones, you're feeling pretty good about him at right tackle. Uh, you know, people have raved about him as a pass blocker. You know, according to PFF, he was you know one of the better pass blockers, if not the best pass blocker in terms of their grades. Uh, you know, I've kind of said it depends on what you think of those grades, but uh, you know, they think very highly of him with his, uh, you know, with his pass blocking ability. Um, you know, so it, it's really hard to get around that guy. He's he's going to play right tackle, which is the position that you need. And I think that, uh, you know, if you kind of put him in the right system, you, you're you going to be feeling good about that. Obviously, it's going to be a tough sell because I think, you know, Mike was on to something yesterday where he said, look, you need to find players that are going to win. You need to find players that are going to help you win in 2023. And if Jonah Williams is here, you're not going to see Dewan Jones probably until 2024 unless an injury hits. But, you know, I just think that, with with his ability and kind of with his upside kind of in the passing game, that's what they saw in Orlando Brown. I think you could make a case you see the exact same thing in Dewan Jones. So Andrew, you're saying no matter what happens with this Jonah Williams situation, like Dewan Jones is a guy that you get because either they trade him and you put Jones in immediately while Lyle Collins is rehabbing, or Williams is back in 2023, you give him a year and he develops. Like So you're saying he's kind of a flexible pick either way. Well, yeah. So, you know, if, if you pick Jones, you know, I think that, 
you kind of look at, you know, the Bengals depth chart and, and you can start to, it, it, assuming Jones is there, like in this hypothetical world, mm-hmm. uh, Dewan Jones is on board, you know, let's say Jonah's not here. You know, if Jonah's not here, Dewan's going to be your starting right tackle. But if Jonah is here, then you're, I mean, your tackle depth is probably, you're, you're probably feeling really good about that compared to where you are across the roster. And then you start to look at a guy like Leo Collins and, you know, hey, maybe he's maybe he's a cap casualty because you know you'd have Orlando Brown, Dewan Jones, Jonah Williams. Those are your three. Then Jackson Carmen can play tackle. Uh, Leo Collins. I mean, I know I just said you can make him a cap casualty, but he'd be around. You signed Cody Ford as a depth tackle. Like there, there are options there. You've you've got Hakeem Adeniji who's played that position. You know, you've got Deontay Smith who's played that position. You you've got guys on board, and and it just it'd just be a really really competitive position in training camp and I don't even oh, mean yeah. for for first you know for first team reps because you know you're talking guys need to fight to make the team at that point so yeah I, I think that again if you know offensive line depth is never a bad thing you heard the Bengals talk about it. I think it was Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor mm-hmm. uh, who were like look there are what I think it was what did Duke say you know there there are could, more you, teams it, that yeah. need or there are more teams that need offensive linemen than there are offensive linemen kind of at every level yeah you can load up your offensive line with Orlando Brown Jonah Williams and then maybe a first a late first round pick a high second round pick as your as your swing guy and as kind of a backup right tackle I think you're I think you're feeling okay about that yeah, I mean, it'd be quite a bit because, like, it honestly makes you wonder, like, would all of those guys even make it out of camp? Like, would Agdenogy make the team next year? I don't know. And that's assuming, you know, you have Williams back and you, you have Dewan Jones or whoever they get at right tackle because you'd be really bloated. Like, do you wave him to the practice squad? Like, you know, kind of like the Bengals did with Khalid Kareem at defensive end and other positions. Maybe they do it with Deontay Smith. Who knows? But, um, Mike, I know you mentioned, like, in a situation where the Bengals don't trade um, – or, I'm sorry, if they – wait, I'm mixing my words up. Based on whether or not they trade Jonah Williams, you mentioned Dewan Jones as like a potential first-round favorite. I mean, if indeed they do trade Jonah Williams and you really need depth at that position, like is Jones a guy that you would ultimately pick in the first round versus picking a project like Blake Freeland in the third round, or would you still stick with Freeland anyway? I'm confused, but if uh... – if Jonah Williams is traded, I don't know if there's I, – I, I, Jones has sort of trended down um, sort of to the uh, early second round. I, I mean, I think if Antoine Harrison's there um, in the first round, he'd probably be a better pick, um, I mean, more experienced, I think, um, you know, ha, has a lot of upside as well. Uh, played at, uh, obviously, a high high level uh, the last three years. Um, so I, I think he'd probably be preferred based on where they're drafting. And if they wanted to trade back, try to get two picks and draft Jones early in the second and then uh, address a different need, um, that might make more sense just because, you know, you might be reaching like 10 to 15 picks to draft Jones uh, at 28. Got you. So, and that's what I was meant to say was like, you know, if, you know, you don't have Williams and you need a guy like with more depth, like that's why I was wondering is if you go with Jones, but you know, it sounds like with, with Dewan Jones, Andrew's thinking, you know, Hey, that's a guy you get in the first round, no matter what happens with Jonah Williams. Whereas Mike is like, I'm not super sold on, uh, on Dewan. You know, like you said, you have him kind of trending downward into the second round, just based on what you've seen and kind of based on your own personal opinion. I mean, Andrew, what, what do you think of this? Like, if you're 
trying to vouch for like Dewan Jones for the Bengals to take him at first round. Like, how do you argue against some of the things that might have him trending downward right now? In terms of, you know, you're saying like, you know, why would I make that pick at 28 rather than, you know, kind of go what the consensus seems to be at this point? Sure. Yeah. Like either, you know, going against, yeah. Like why would you make it versus the consensus or why, why do you pick him there versus waiting if he's even there in the second round? I guess he'd, he'd be gone early, but either way. Yeah. Like why would you go against the consensus? I guess like Mike said. Yeah. You know, I, I think you can kind of get, I think there's, there's a fine line between, you know, wanting to draft best player available want and kind of understanding where you're at as an organization um, you know, you, you reach a point where, you know, if you're feeling really good about Dewan Jones as an NFL player, but you might get some more help from somebody in 2023 who's a little bit farther down on your board. I mean, that's a tough call just because, again, you, you don't want to kind of sacrifice long term ability for for a one year gain. And I understand that, you know, you could make the argument that, you know, this offense is going to be the most talented that it'll ever be. In, in Joe Burrow's career, just because, I mean, who knows if T Higgins is going to be around in 2024 and what happens to the running back room and what happens to the tight end room and the offensive line, which looks better than it did a year ago. Like there are other, there are questions about this team moving forward. So if you feel good about Dewan Jones as a long-term player, you know, I, I think you have to make that pick because, you know, again, it's, you know, they're not afraid to do it. You know, we've seen this before, you know, they drafted Dax Hill last year. They drafted Cam Taylor Britt. They're not afraid to draft for a year ahead. And and frankly, that's kind of what the good teams do. You know, you, you draft players that, you know, you think are going to be the best long-term, you know, maybe not the team, maybe not the guys that are going to, you know, give you some special teams help, but not much else. And, you know, around three or four or whatever, kind of long-term, like you, you, you draft players you think can help long-term. So if you think Dewan Jones, Dewan Jones, excuse me, can be a long-term answer, then you have to make that pick. So that's kind of the case that he's going to fill a position of need either this year or next year. And if you like him as a right tackle for the next, you know, four years, four plus years, then I think you have to pull that trigger. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, you guys made your cases, and I'm glad you answered those questions because I think, you know, you and Mike, Andrew, had some really good kind of insights on that. So this is who I – was it my initial pick? Uh, I was actually leaning more towards Jones like you, Andrew. Uh, and it's funny, actually, Mike, I had Blake Freeland as an honorable mention. I have another honorable mention I'll, I'll mention later in the show, but, you know, you, I think we're all kind of on the same page here. But let me kind of ask you guys this, and maybe this is a silly question. I'm sure maybe uh, Doug Glamoury from Buckeye Talk might have a better opinion on this if we have him on in the future. But, you know, obviously, Dewan Jones isn't the only Ohio State guy who's a tackle. That's first-round, second-round talent. You've got someone who's a little bit higher than him. That's Paris Johnson. I mean, you want to talk about arms? We're talking about long arms, 36 and a half inches. Only 19 players since 2000 have that kind of range. Jones is one of them. Um, like Andrew said, his are a little bit longer, but I mean, he's six, six, which means all but one player on your old line would be six, six. Uh, that would be Ted Karras. Obviously he's six, four kind of well-rounded and really just both the run and pass block doesn't dominate in one area, but he uses his arms equally as effectively in, in both senses. But the reason why I bring him up though, is because he's a left tackle. Um, and he's even drawn comparisons to, I think really, uh, 
Orlando Brown, I think, is who he's drawn comparisons to because obviously he's a left tackle. You know, one of the big knocks is that his athleticism could get a little better, although it's something that a lot of analysts say can come with due time. Even though, again, he's a true left tackle from what it sounds like from watching his tape, let's say he's available for whatever reason. I don't know that he will be. I think he's ranked really highly, but let's say he is. Do you pull the trigger on him and see if you can develop him into a right tackle? Assuming, assuming in this case, I should say, assuming you're not going to have Jonah Williams, is that even worth an option? Or do you not consider that at all and just say, hey, let's let's focus on a true right tackle and not make somebody switch over? Because that's basically what they're trying to do with Jonah Williams. Do you avoid a situation like that? Or do you have some consideration there? Well, I mean, you just paid Orlando Brown to be your left tackle for the next four years. Uh, and, you know, and not only did you do that, you know, it, it sounded like with Orlando and, you know, what from what he said and, you know, kind of the way he's felt about it for years, it sounded like the pitch was, hey, you're going to get to be a franchise left tackle and kind of yanking that away from him, pulling the rug out, you know, even if it's a year later. I, I just don't know if that's necessarily good business. So, I mean, I think well, what, you take I, what a- I mean is, do, do you get not Johnson to be a backup behind Brown? I'm saying, do you get Johnson and put him at right tackle instead of left? Because Johnson's a true left tackle. I'm saying, do you draft him with the intention of making him a right tackle? Where yeah. you just keep Orlando Brown at left? I, I meant to I say mean, it like that. that I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. That's a, that's a little tougher, I think, than, um, you know, the, than kind of some people might think. You know, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, left tackle is is the premier position. And, you know, if you kind of look at salaries, it still kind of is. It less so than it was. Um, you know, right tackle is kind of becoming more and more important as, uh, you know, and people are kind of starting to recognize that. But I, I don't know. I, I think it's a lot harder to go from, from left to right and right to left and from guard to tackle than, than other people might realize. You know, I think there's a lot of people, hey, if you make – if you're a decent tackle, you're going to make a better guard. Or if you're decent on the left, you're going to be better on the right. I, I just don't know if that makes sense. And I'm not sure that that's the way that players look at it. And that's the way coaches look at it. So you, you have to be comfortable with that. And I think it matters if you've got a guy who has played kind of all over the offensive line. I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Cordell Volson, that was one of the things that, you know, they liked him at North Dakota State where he played right tackle, he played guard, he played the left side, he played everywhere you possibly could on the offensive line. And that versatility matters. So I, I don't know. I think if you're going to draft a guy that high, you would like to have some kind of knowledge that he can play left and right, or he can play exclusively right. Because I, I just don't see a left tackle kind of coming into their plans at this point. Mike, do you second all of that, or do you have a, a different insight on that? Uh, I mean, you know, most guys in college have played a little both at least um, in terms of, like, tackle. I think if you're moving a guard, that's probably different. Um, but, I mean, you have to – if they like a guy, I, I think, like I said, I think they're confident enough in their coaches that if he hasn't played right tackle before but has the physical traits to be able to do, do it, uh, they won't be – uh, scared to sort of pull the trigger on that. I don't think they draft anybody right now with the intentions of them playing at left tackle for the next four years. When we come back, we're going to talk more about um, just the offensive tackle, right tackle position for the Bengals. Uh, a little more honorable mentions like we did with our tight end picks last night and much more to come right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes podcast. And if you still don't know what Cincinnati Football Insider is, 
listen up. It's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the podcast and the reporters who cover the team. Here's how it works. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. And it's the inside scoop on what we're hearing. And we're giving you the inside word before it even hits social media. If you join Cincinnati Football Insider, you get to participate on the podcast and you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of social media for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? Just try it for two weeks. And if you don't like it, you can text the word stop at any time. But you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. So here's how you get on board. Text 513-940-4193 or go to cleveland.com slash Bengals and click on the blue banner at the top of the page. It's a great time to join as we're covering the NFL draft, OTAs, mini camps, and much more to come later this year. So give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text again the number 513-940-4193. All right, and thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And just a quick reminder, uh, we've been mentioning this on our podcast, but to make a point, make sure you sign up for Strictly Stripes newsletter. It is the best newsletter to get your Bengals news, analysis, and opinion in your inbox every morning. Go to cleveland.com slash newsletters and go to the Strictly Stripes Cincinnati football newsletter. Um, so we talked a lot about the Ohio State tackles. We talked about Blake Freeland, uh, who Mike and I were both very high on. Uh, but just to kind of wrap this up, guys, are there any other offensive tackles that, you know, let's say the Bengals, you know, want to go kind of the route Mike is saying, pick a third, fourth round project. Are there other names that come to mind as far as like who the Bengals could maybe target in those rounds and why you think that might work if that's the plan the Bengals decide to do? No, you know, I I don't think there's a just the I don't think this is a particularly deep t- tackle draft to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a tons of names out there um, beyond sort of that top group that kind of gets you excited um, in terms of like guys that can make an impact uh, or guys that really you know you feel good about even kind of um, settling into a starting job in the next two years. I think this is sort of a weaker. Uh, tackle draft based on kind of you know what we've read and seen sort of over here the last month are you with that Andrew like do you think it's just a matter of you get what you can at this point and roll with it or is it really is you think there's somebody there that's not like the guy but maybe someone who's kind of hiding in the third fourth fifth rounds that the Bengals can maybe take a gander at if they go that yeah you know I'm intrigued by uh Andrew Voorhees uh the offensive lineman out of USC uh, you know, he's a bigger guy, he's six foot six, 310 pounds. Uh, he, if you remember correctly, he, he tore his ACL at, at the combine. Um, you know, and if you tear your ACL in, you know, late February, early March, I mean, even a nine month recovery is putting you in December. I mean, that's that, and that's optimistic. So I, I think you're kind of looking at basically a red shirt year for a guy like that. But, um, you know, I mean, he's played guard, he's played tackle at the college level. You know, I think that, uh, you know, that that could be a guy you're looking at as someone who could say, hey, you know, look, we're, we're going to take a mid-round flyer on this guy because we think that he can we think that he can help us in 2024 and beyond. And, you know, I mean, who knows where he would have gone if he would uh, if he would have been healthy. But, you know, I think that that could be a nice little pick. Now, I think if you're going to do that, you have to make sure that if you're going to draft players earlier that can help because you can't just draft a team of of projects. You can't just draft, a you know, seven project guys who you hope help in a year or two, but um, I, I, I would kind of look to him. I think he could be an interesting, uh, an interesting little flyer in the, in the mid rounds. 
Yeah, that's a good one. I've been kind of looking at this guy a little bit because he has an interesting story, and that is uh, Tyler Steen out of Alabama. Um, he's kind of like a second, third-round projected pick. You know, NFL's uh, tracker has him as a quote-unquote backup with the potential to be a starter. Um, he tested pretty well in terms of his production and athleticism, kind of down the middle, nothing crazy but nothing concerning. But what's so unique is he started his college career at Vanderbilt not as a no-tackle, as a D-tackle. Um, so he was on the defensive line. Then he goes to Alabama. Um, you know, he's a graduate student. He earns all second-team SEC honors. Played left tackle, but again, maybe that's a guy, like if, if the Bengals think he could do it and they're willing to invest in a guy like that, you know, l later in those rounds, second, third round, you could. Um, I don't know if he'd be in their range, but Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse could be another one. Kind of fits a similar bill of what I was talking about with Steen. So I think those are two guys that come to mind. I know Andrew's talked a lot about Cordell Vosen's former teammate. Uh, is it Cody Mao? Is that how you say his last name? Keep uh, Cody Mao. Mock. Mock. Yeah, I think, you know, and I'm sure you'd probably agree with me, Andrew. Maybe that's a guy that you, you give a little more consideration to if you want to look in the second, third round. So, again, like Mike said, it, there's really outside of the first, second round, no one that's just like bedazzles you the same way that like the tight ends and corners and running backs do. But I think with like many drafts, bedazzled? no one bedazzles you. Bedazzled, Mike. You never heard that word? Bedazzled. Uh, yes, you're not using it correct. Bedazzled is like bedazzled a shirt with like shiny little pins. So like pins. bedazzled with talent. Like I'm saying there's not a lot of guys who might be bedazzled with talent compared to like tight ends and running backs and other deeper positions in the draft. Maybe I, I didn't use the right – I didn't complete the adjective because I, I should have said with talent. With talent. I don't think that's a phrase that people is use. Is it not? Or my, I guess I'm just weird like that. I don't know. Not. Like I'm gonna bedazzle my shoes. We should have like, a, like I, I that's <laughs> a, or bedazzle this this jean jacket, denim, <laughs> denim jacket. From, from like 2005. I think I know what you're talking about, but I was like seven years old, so that was a long time ago. I'm not sure. I feel like at the end of every podcast, we need like Mike to just give us like a grammar lesson because I think. I don't know if it's just being from Kentucky, being from like the corner of the Midwest and the South. My grammar is just awful. I don't know what it is. Forgive me, all the listeners listening to me. I do what I can. But yeah, I think we, we should do like a special segment where it's just me and Mike. I'm like, okay, Michael, does this, does this statement make sense? Does this word make sense? Because I, I feel like you're, you're very good with your grammar. I'll, I will give you that. I don't know if it's because you're older or I don't know if it's just you. I don't know. What do you think, Andrew? Should we start doing that? I don't know. My, Mike and Moe's grammar sessions, right? <laughs> I uh I don't know. I feel like I'll sit that one out. Okay. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It could be just like me and Mike whenever you have your day off in the future, but uh, we'll roll with it. Well, we're going to keep rolling on through the week as we continue looking at more positions of need for the Bengals with the, with the NFL draft uh, rapidly approaching in a matter of days and weeks. But once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. See you on Wednesday.